From the Montana Kaiman, University of Montana's independent student-run newspaper, this is the Kaiman Cast for the week of April 11th. I'm Eleanor Smith. Bells, buses, hot water, and healthy plants. Through the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, it wasn't just professors and students who had to carry on. Essential workers across UM kept campus running, even when there are no students to serve. With the COVID-19 threat fading, those workers are reflecting on their pandemic experiences. On this episode, the stories of UM's essential employees from the depths of UM's heating tunnels to the bells at the top of Main Hall. All right, we're headed to UM's heating plant, where we're going to speak with one of the people who helped keep the heat on during the COVID-19 pandemic, of course. There's lots of construction going on with the expansion and renovation, modernization of the heating plant, so there may be some noise going on in the background. Also hoping we don't get any weird frequencies going on. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Good. This is Austin. Got a whole audio team. I know, whole group. Austin. Nice to meet you, Austin. I'm Tony. Tony, nice to meet you. So it's a little bit quieter upstairs? Way quieter. Okay. About two stories worth of pipes and electrical equipment, conduit. Very, very noisy in here. Also very warm, unsurprisingly. Oh yeah, no, this is way... (laughs) Way better up here, right? Yeah, you can hear a lot better. Um, My name's Tony I. I've been here almost a year now. been doing this stuff for like 25 years, working in the power plant industry, boilers and stuff. I'm the boiler operator here. Um, We man the site 24-7. We keep all the heat and steam going to the entire campus, to the labs, the kitchens, all the water heaters, uh, for all the dorms. So pretty much everything that you get heat from is being generated in this building. I worked in a a power plant in California for 23 years. I was in uh, Paso Robles, California, Central Coast, right between LA and San Francisco. Moved to Montana, uh, ran the boilers at a school in the Bitterroot Valley, Florence School. Uh, Then I worked at MRL and got furloughed there and then just found this one and applied and I got hired. My oldest son and my grandkids lived here and we kept coming to visit all the time and Literally found a house one day on a on a vacation, bought it sight unseen, and moved up here with no jobs or anything. Just showed up. I love Montana. I there's I I have only been back to California once, and I have no I have no reason to go back. Well, every day we come in. First thing you do is you check, make sure all the boilers are running correctly. If one goes down, you try to get it back up right away. If there's some reason, like boiler number one, it's got a bad bearing, so we can't use it at all. So we had to start boiler two and three to make up for that capacity. We have log sheets we have to look at from the day before, um, walk the whole plant, make sure nothing's leaking, everything's working fine. Um, we do uh, a full set of water tests on all the boiler chemicals every day. It's really important that you got, you know, I mean that the campus is able to conduct its business like it needs to. And no dorm and none of these, you know, big buildings, it's not fair to anybody to be cold. So we take it pretty seriously. We do the very best we can to make sure you guys are getting, you know, the students are getting what they need. You know, when I first started here, it was during the pandemic and we basically isolated ourselves in here. 
We didn't do tours. We didn't do podcasts like we're doing today. We just, this place was shut. And if we ever had to go work in a mechanical building and go through any of the buildings, we wore masks and you know stayed away from people and all that. So, but it didn't really affect us too much because pretty much there's only one guy on shift and then our boss is here usually. But you know, when we work our other two shifts of the day, we're the only person here. So it was a little easier to navigate that. Um, I really like being a part of the UM community, just the people and the way everybody treats each other here. I mean, I've been real comfortable and um, I think just being a part of it, is my, my wife actually graduated from here. So it's kind of like we're all in the family now. So yeah, it's, it's rewarding. It's rewarding to be a part of it. All right, we go down this stairway down here. What's bad is when students end up in the basement in the middle of the night coming up from the tunnels when they're out partying. So this tunnel here goes to Abraham Hall. So all the heat, all the steam's in this line, and all the condensate, you know, when it comes, turns back from steam, comes back in the bottom line. There's about, roughly about three miles of tunnels wow. under the entire campus. You guys good? Yeah. I think I'm good. Are you good? Yeah. I'm great. Nice. Hey. Thanks, you guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime you guys want to come over, Brandon, just come over. Yeah. yeah. We really appreciate your time. Hey, no problem. Yeah. Fun for me. This is cool. I'm at the University Transportation Center. We're going to talk to Bynum Jackson today. He's a supervisor at the Transportation Department, been here since 2018. They've got a fleet of 11 buses in and around this warehouse building. He says it's a 35-foot warehouse end-to-end uh, -end designed to house 35-foot buses, so everything's packed in pretty tight. They've got some new electric buses. They're rolling in soon, and Bynum helped keep wheels rolling during the pandemic. Hi! Hi! Are you Bynum? Yes. Oh, is that me? Yes, fine. I'm Shanna. Nice to meet you. Hi, Austin. Austin, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as yeah, well. Uh, my name is Brian Jackson. I'm uh, one of the transit supervisors for ASUM Transportation. I've been uh, back at UDASH uh, since uh, fall 2018. That was, let's see, fall 2018, that was about um, a year and a half before things went haywire, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, did you have time to sort of like ease into the role before everything got weird? Or? I, yeah, I remember that day specifically because it was the Thursday before spring break. The, the emails went out that you know we were, things were going to be kind of changing and whatnot, and I'd actually I was already planning to go down to Idaho to visit my mom that week, so I was able to go down to Idaho in a really rural area and just kind of process everything that was happening. And then by the time we, we came back, um, you know we had to make some operational changes as as well as everyone everyone else on campus, and so. Um, some of those operational changes we did cut back on service initially and then we just played it week by week and seeing you know there's not very much ridership so maybe you know kind of just playing everything by year and, yeah. and i think we were able to kind of finish out that semester differently but in a strong way <laughs> given the circumstances so uh, prior to the pandemic i, I would say we were giving about 15,000 uh, 1500 rides a day and then as soon as that week after it was probably maybe just 100 rides a day and then by the time may rolled around it was five people using the uber service in a week <laughs> this year the numbers are still going up as well but we're not back to where we were pre-pandemic levels um, um i was born in missoula montana and i spent my summers in the bitterroot uh but the longest i've lived in missoula is now within my current position um 
I was a student going to school here from 2011 to 2015, 20, 2015, and um, I applied for a bus driving, a student bus driving position in 2012. So I, I was a driver for three, three years, and then uh, I left Missoula for a little bit, and then came back, and then 2018, uh, fall 2018 is when there was a supervisor role open, so I applied for it then. Yeah, so you're, lo you're a little since. bit uh, homegrown yes. into, the, into the role. <laughs> yes, yeah? yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, you could say that, yeah. <laughs> Why did you Why did you want to come back? Oh, Missoula is a great place. Uh, you know, you go out and you, you know, people. If you're from here and then you leave and you realize, you realize how great of a place this is. <laughs> and that, you know, it's and campus has got a really good vibe, and I enjoy being on campus amongst students and faculty and staff. And so, you know, we have a there's a climate crisis <laughs> going on, and so sustainable transportation is one aspect of resolving, or uh, is one aspect of figuring out that crisis and so that's what keeps me coming back is uh you know transportation buses are and bikes are are the way uh a way to navigate this crisis and we're we're excited about our new electric buses that we just got and, and deploying them and testing them out and um feeling like you know being a part of doing my little part to try to yeah curtail things <laughs> stuff like that so well, it's nice meeting you nice guys to meet you yeah, too. Yeah, thank appreciate you. it thank you so and we'll be in touch yeah, yeah i'll email Should we introduce ourselves? We're, I'm Eleanor, and you're... My name is Aston Kinsella. Cool, and we're on our way to interview who? Uh, Anna Hatcher and Lyris. They are UC garden workers. Sick, sick. I totally understand. It's good to see you. I hate that. That's the worst. Don't oh worry my about gosh. It. Okay. <laughs> Didn't want to waste a paper towel. Oh. <laughs> so, Aston and Eleanor. Mm -hmm. yes. Cool. All right. Anna Lyris. This yep. is kind of a weird spot to stand. Do we want to find Do you have any good spots that we could maybe like start off with a little bit of questionnaires? Uh, something a little bit maybe away quieter? from everything? Yeah, yeah let's go find a room upstairs. Good idea. Yeah, um, my name is Anna Hatcher. I grew up in Bozeman my whole life, um, and I went to school there at MSU for horticulture, environmental horticulture, and then um, I found this job online really randomly uh, with like two days left in the application period and stayed up all night submit, like submitting my resume and cover letter, and now I'm here. <laughs> I went to college for engineering, and <laughs> after the first semester, I was ready to drop out, and I had um, a teacher tell me, like, y'all are so stressed. Why don't you just go take yourself for a walk around campus and um, see what you might find? And I walked into the Plant Growth Center, which is, like, an atrium not like this, but a small, <laughs> like a 20th of the size <laughs> and it was uh there's plants everywhere and it was like a light bulb moment for me where I was like oh I want to study plants like that's something that really comforts me and makes me happy my mom always was a big time gardener and so she that was actually like my job at home was taking care of all of her plants which at the time I was very resentful about it I was like if you want to garden this big why don't you do it like why are you making me do it but um it, I guess it worked out it was actually kind of really nice starting um, when 
people like everyone was still online um, because working in a public space is really challenging um, like we were just spraying in the comments yeah. a lot of times like <laughs> you can't do what you need to do because there's like a thousand people around you and so it was actually really like really nice starting during COVID where um I had a lot of space to just like move at my own pace and learn things and have it be quiet. And then when you get the hustle and bustle, it's like, okay, I, I have my group now. I think everyone in the country is experiencing this. Like COVID happened, um, everyone gets their stimulus checks and so inflation goes up. So the cost of living has gone up. And so as someone that um, supervises students, I've seen that like directly impact the gardens. Um, I had like over 12 applicants for people that were interested, um, but no one was staying here over the summer. And I think a big part of that is like people can't find a place to live. In the private sector, you're like, go, 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 get in, get out, like we gotta move on. And not saying like we're just gonna lollygag here, but there's no like, um, like absolute hard and fast deadlines. You need to get this much done by four o'clock or whatever, you know? So it's nice to just like, have that time to appreciate where you're at and appreciate just being in the garden, being around the plants. Oh my gosh, we have like a, a list of dreams, hopes and dreams, <laughs> that's really long. If we're talking about like crazy dreams, yeah, greenhouse on the rooftop <laughs> or like massive plant wall or something like living plant wall. Um, the other one that I've been recently thinking of is I want more, um, like signage, you know, like when you're at botanical gardens or museums, like there's more signage that engages people. Um, and so like with the paleo plant information or um, outside, it's literally a museum of lichen on the wall. And so I really want to do like make more connections with um, researchers and people that really know what they're talking about, about these other aspects to like tie those into the gardens and have it be more of like an educational experience. So that would be my big long-term goal. Hi there. How are you doing? Good, and you? I'm Barbara. Austin. Pleasure, Barbara. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. Great. Going up a very narrow staircase right now into the bell tower. Oh my goodness. So welcome to Uvell's John Ellis Memorial, Caroline. I'm Barbara Ballas, and I've been Carolyn North here at the university for 11 years. And my job is to play the Carolyn at noontime. Um, until 10 past, so I get nine minutes there, and also to play for the commencements and to play at homecoming, and then um, to uh, keep up with the holidays and things like that. This carillon is a 47-bell carillon, so there are 47 tuned bells, and um, they're played from a clavier, um, and they can be played with expression, so they differ from some kind of an automatic chime. It's played with an open fist, and each bell is connected by wire to a wooden baton. So when I depress a baton, 
flick it down, then that brings the clapper against the wall of the bell. Usually I don't need any protection. I have a, a bit of a callus built up on my uh, fifth finger, on the small finger, and that's where the point of contact is. Once in a while, you know, if I forget my lotions or something, it'll get a little uh, cracked or irritated. Or if it's a very long concert, um, I might want to put just put a little band-aid over it, a little cushioning. Yes, I have a bachelor's and a master's degree here from the music department. I um, almost grew up in Missoula. Uh, my family moved here when I was four. And their purpose, they were coming from a, we came from a rural area and my parents wanted to see the opportunity for people to go to uh, university without quite the struggle that it can be um, if you don't even live in the town where there is one. So um, I, I graduate, I'm an alum. And I consider this part of my giving back to the university of the time that I spend on this. Today I'm playing, I'm beginning with a Ukrainian song, and I've done that most of this month. Uh, either folk music, um, there's a children's song for peace, uh, their national anthem. Do you have um, other roles on campus? I do not, no. Um, I, and so I'm a little unusual in that respect. Usually the Carolinor is so uh, Dr. Cooper, the organ instructor, and so she was for 19 years, imagine 19 years, a pianist, fabulous, she's very good. Um, and uh, before that it was Dr. John Ellis, and this is the John Ellis Memorial Carol, and so you can see his picture there, he was one of my instructors here at the university. Um, so it's unusual that I'm not associated with the university except for doing this one thing. But um, it's a good fit right now because Dr. Cooper doesn't want to, and I do. <laughs> There's a little time here um, about during the pandemic. What I did after the initial lockdown, where we all had to stay home, right, is um, I was just proactive and I said, oh, well, I'm not going to see anyone. Is it all right? No visitors, no students, just me coming up to play the carillon. And um, the answer was yes. So I started playing as soon as I could. And I used that time to work on arrangements and to uh, organize all carillon music that the university owns, things like that. But sometimes I would go into the music building, not see a soul, and then I would come over here, not seeing anyone on the way over here. And it was, I always felt like it was just me and the deer. But it was, it kept the bells going and um, a wonderful opportunity for me to keep playing. So it was, it was very nice. I felt like I was still contributing to the few people that were around to hear it. Yes, absolutely. Abbott Carry On felt very good. I think what I love about it is the opportunity to bring the arts into the heart of campus every day for 10 minutes. So I know that it's an important thing. The arts are what make us human, and here we are with an opportunity to enjoy that every day.
photos of the subjects of this episode in our paper, out on newsstands and online at montanakaiman.com today. This episode was produced and edited by Austin Amistoy and me, Eleanor Smith. And in case you were curious, you'll be hearing more from me in the last few episodes of the year as the Kaimancast passes the torch. That's it for this week's episode. Next time, candidates for student government positions at ASUM go head-to-head in the first-ever ASUM Kaiman debate. I'll see you there.